0: So, hi everyone, welcome to Aspop Expresso, a podcast where the Crime Spot team members get together to casually discuss and express their thoughts on various criminology topics. So, today we have Emily, Eamon, Angelie, and myself, Angelica, and we will be discussing our thoughts on the topic of introduction to serial killers and their portrayals. So, now please just sit back, relax, and enjoy a nice cup of coffee talked with criminology.
1: Yeah, so serial um, killers. Has everyone seen any movies like it? Any movies that involve serial killers at all?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd have to say, I think the most recent one I watched was about Tupac and Biggie Smalls.
1: That's interesting. So I know that a lot of times in like say like Hollywood or like TVs and media, they often blur the lines between reality and fiction, you know? So there's a lot of like gruesome storylines that are like exaggerate crimes of serial killers.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that too. Definitely there's like um, an exaggeration, like the depiction of like these criminals. And I find that it's really fascinating and It definitely comes from, I guess, our interest in, like, the bizarre or the strange that results in this.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that. Like, I know that a lot of these times in these movies or TV shows, it comes to a point where people start romanticizing these serial killers. And I know that we'll cover that a bit later in this episode. But, like, shows, say, for example, like Criminal Minds, which I know a lot of people have watched or say, like, CSI, there's, they always center around different types of stereotypes when it comes to either a stereotypical plot where it features someone of the law chasing the violent criminal, or there's always like a different type of stereotypical uh, killer. Say there's like the sympathetic perpetrator or there's the sexually motivated killer. I know a lot of the times I see a sexually motivated one, but what about you guys?
2: I feel like I'm not as familiar with media about serial killers and the like as I would like to be. However, I do agree with Angelica and Emmeline, just because I know that a lot of people that watch media about serial killers are really used to like seeing the romanticized side of it and they become kind of attached to the serial killer in a way that you wouldn't normally want an audience member to be. I feel like we've kind of become numb in the sense that we get used to how serial killers are portrayed and... It becomes kind of negative in the sense that we become really attached to them.
1: Definitely. I agree with that. Like I agree with the part where like we've become numb to the fact that a lot of these crimes have become kind of so stereotypical that we're used to them at this point. And just because it's so exaggerated, it doesn't seem that violent anymore. And like I know a lot of the times in these shows we see criminal profiling. And I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's just a way of seeing like getting into the criminal's head and trying to find out how they are. And I know that a lot of the times it's being criticized by like professionals on like the effectiveness and the capabilities of actually catching them. And that's another part where stereotypes come into play. Because I know that a lot of different types of um, kind of personality traits come out and they're perceived as universal when it comes to serial killers. So I know there's like narcissistic personalities, there's sexual fantasies, but do you guys know any other different types of stereotypes that there are?
0: Um, I would say, like, I guess, like, um, like, they fail to form strong relationships, or, like, they're uninteresting, like, relationship-wise, or, like, in terms of romance, and I've found that there are many serial killers that are like the complete opposite like I know Ted Bundy like he'd often like he'd get women right but then like yeah at the same time he was like this like psychopath who was like oh here killing people and I guess that like complete opposite that contrast like really fascinates me because I want to like understand why that is like how can someone be so I guess appealing but also so messed up at the same time
1: I definitely agree. I read an article about that when it comes to Ted Bunny and how he was just so nice and polite to everyone. And then it makes you think what happens if someone like near me who's so nice is actually like a person who has like these tendencies to say killer. Um, maybe they just have like weird abnormal uh, fantasies. But I know that a lot of the times that these serial killers, they are derived from different types of independent scripts or books. So I know that I think it was in grade eight, when I read this Silence of the Lambs, it was about this um, lady who killed her husband and ended up feeding it to the cops who were trying to find out what happened to him. And I know that a lot of like those types of plots have been used in different types of movies. So some of them is like in My Friend Dahmer, which is based off of Jeffrey Dahmer in real life, there's the Zodiac Killer, and I know there's No Town Murder, but I haven't seen a lot of these documentaries. So have any of you seen any like, documentaries that are about real life people?
0: I saw that one about like Ted Bundy called um, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. Like that one was quite interesting. And like, I guess it's depiction, Um, it kind of made you feel like you were part of his life because you got to really see like how he and his girlfriend lives, like how their life was before and like during his like crime spree, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see the life of a person who ends up becoming a serial killer because sometimes they are so normal and then one thing can just change their whole entire life plan. So I know also because of that, there is a lot of dramatizing when it comes to events like these and they end up dramatizing a lot of horror that happens. So recently I watched an episode of Criminal Minds. It was like, I think it was called Our Darkest Hour. And it focused on this serial killer who waited for there to be blackouts in the U.S. And then he would stalk down different types of victims and he would kill them. And I know that that's based off of the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, which I believe you can find on our Instagram page. But I wanted to ask you guys, what are some of the most terrifying episodes that you've watched or some cases that you know of that kind of just like shocked you or like got to you personally?
3: I know we've been discussing Bundy a lot and I don't particularly I mean his crimes were horrific they were horrible but I think the worst part about his whole case the whole scenario over there was how he actually like if you guys have seen the videos of his court trials he actually had swathes of fans who came to support him because they were actually on his side, you know, I feel like that was the most chilling aspect for me. Like we all know what serial killers do; we all know how these crimes go out in textbook form, right? But then people are actually supporting the uh, these serial killers. That itself is something that's just so unidentifiable. Definitely,
1: yeah.
0: For, like another example for me that comes to mind, like. Um, I don't have a specific like serial killer, but I know that serial killers who target prostitutes, like I think for me, it's like very sad because these people are, very, are already like really disadvantaged or like seen as invisible in society. And for like killers to just target them knowing that I guess the police won't put in as much effort to solve their cases, that really saddens me. I think cases like those where like The victims are already sort of forgotten. Yeah. Those are like what stuck with me the most.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I've watched so many episodes where the victims, like their names, they're just they never are told their names, like the different types of like the FBI agents who are working on the case, but instead they're just called victim number one, victim number two, victim number three. And it kind of it makes it In a way, like a textbook type of form, which is what um, Eamon said, but I know earlier that I mentioned um, different types of romanticizing killers. So if someone wants to talk about that a bit more.
0: yeah, Sure. Um, So yeah, I would like to like discuss that because I find that it's really interesting that serial killers are often romanticized like in fiction and in the media. So like one person that we've already talked about in this episode is Ted Bundy. Like I know that when he was alive and even now after his passing, he's had like supporters and even like crazy fans, which truly deserves me as, of course we know, this guy's a serial killer and he was messed up. So what do you guys think is this weird, like, what do you guys think is this weird intrigue behind these serial killers? Like, how does this, I guess, form? Like, what's the mindset behind these fans?
1: I think a lot of people are interested in serial killers. One, because they want to know what made them do this or kind of like their background. And in a way, there are a lot of rumors that form when it comes to finding out what exactly happened. So different types of events could have happened and people could think, oh, wait, no, this was justified or maybe this is his own version of mercy. But also I know a lot of people have this mindset of like, oh, I can change him or like, I like that way of like personality, you know what I mean? So I think that's what interests a lot more people, especially um, younger, like kind of teenage girls into thinking about serial killers and what interests them the most about it.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that's a really good point. Um, I think that the media is also a really big role in how people, and especially people that are really impressionable, can perceive serial killers. Like the lines become really blurred between what is real and what's fake. Because you can't really, the media can't really claim that they know exactly what's going on in Ted Bundy's mind or in any other serial killer's mind. And so the way that the media portrays serial killers, they kind of find like, a conventionally attractive person to portray a serial killer or they take the aspects that people would normally like to see and then they use that to kind of I don't know to kind of make a serial killer seem as if they're as if like definitely. they're that you can pity them in a
1: way yeah I definitely think that because a lot of the times in these cases there isn't a lot of Um, people just base or like the media bases it off of the physical evidence but again you can't really show mental evidence inside the person's head so maybe different rumors spark as what I said before and that invokes a lot of pity for the suspect in the situation.
0: Yeah and I think like adding on there are like a lot of people out there who are just like obsessed with the whole bad boy trope and I guess Serial killers sort of remind people of like, you know, a stereotypical bad boy who's like reckless and like um, wild. Of course, it's like to an extreme, but I think maybe that's a part of it too. Like, what do you guys think?
1: I definitely think that that is one of the reasons because I know that when it comes to as you can say bad boys like the type of trope there is a lot of like wildness and adventure and people always want that thrill or of like enjoyment in their life so they kind of stick with this person to kind of experience like a second hand of that
2: yeah I definitely agree I feel like bad boys are also like a really big trope in the media like if you look at a movie like the outsiders they've always been like the media always portrays bad boys as someone that has like deep inside they actually care and actually have a feel for what the real world is like but in some cases when that translates into a serial killer story it doesn't really make sense but the media kind of plays on that in order to attract a larger audience it's really unsettling I guess
3: I definitely
1: agree with that yeah
3: I feel like it's also just the aspect of being media. Like, it's bad boys are obviously reductive parts of what serial killers are, right? Um, and then just you having it portrayed on media, it's behind a screen. It can't. It's basically like a harm we can't jump out jump out and harm you i think that in itself is also um a reason why the sort of attraction forms because you can observe their behavior something that is very commonly um is very popular to want to know how serial killers things how psychopaths think because that's not how you would normally think right so i think that's another part of it yeah i
0: definitely agree i think with the aspect of like um fans knowing that like the serial killer won't actually harm them I guess there's sort of a weird appeal of like that distance like you have all this attraction of the serial killer and you know not that they're not going to harm you and maybe all that together like all the factors we've mentioned result in this attraction to them if that makes sense Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I think it's also the fact that
2: people are always trying to have what they know they can't have, and so knowing that a serial killer portrayed in the media isn't actually going to harm you is kind of a way for the audience. It's kind of a a subconscious thing where the audience knows that the serial killer isn't actually going to come into their lives, or or like they believe that they're not going to come into their lives, and so when you see a criminal or a serial killer in the media and you see how attractive they are or you see how they play into a bad boy trope it becomes something that you want in a way but you know that you can't have it and that makes you want it more I guess
3: yeah and then when you have people like Ted Bundy and this is a character that I, feel, I believe we'll go back to again and again because he's just such a unique serial killer he was such a charismatic person right so we have one extreme of quote-unquote loner serial killers, right? And then we have others who uh, are charismatic like that Bundy. So when you can have some that sort of charisma on screen, something that can't directly harm you, I think that also increases their attraction to serial killers as a whole.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like while I was doing some research for the episode, um, I actually found that there's a term in psychology called um, hybrisophilia if I pronounced that right and it literally is the sexual interest in and attraction to those who commit crimes and that's quoted from the APA dictionary of psychology so I found that it's interesting that there's this whole concept of it in psychology so there definitely are like many cases of this for that to exist
3: Absolutely. I came across the term as well. And I was very shocked to just find such a term existing, you know, especially on a psychology website, right? And then just to share a number of people who can actually relate to this feeling, it's very unsettling.
1: I definitely agree with that. And I think I've seen hyperstophilia a lot in the media as well. Like there's always the main um, serial killer, and then they have like their lover or their love interest who follows them only because they love them for what they do, which is committing crimes, which is very terrifying in its own way. Yeah, this
0: reminds me of, like, how there are like, partners who stay with, like, the serial killer even after realizing or, like, finding out that they are who they are. And, yeah, that, like, um, is also, like, super unsettling because, like, how can you know someone who is, like, this messed up, but still, I guess, have love for them
3: honestly. I feel like cases such as these are the primary reason, and media itself is the primary reason why hybridophilia actually exists. Because if they weren't so sensationalized, I don't think we would have ever gotten to a point where we'd need such a dictionary definition.
0: Yeah, so I definitely agree. So now, um, we'll be transitioning. I- transitioning, I guess, into a more general discussion about serial killers. So, like, Angela, if you want to like start your part. Yeah, sure. So
2: obviously the media, television especially, has been a large part in how the public views serial killers and criminals, but television isn't the only form of media that highlights a serial killer's ventures. Um, The media has gone a long way into the past in the sense that you can see newspapers and other forms of written media speaking about serial killers. So for example, in the times of Jack the Ripper, which was many, sorry, I can't which were many centuries ago, you can see um, the media received a letter that is commonly referred to as the Dear Boss letter, where the killer refers themselves as Jack the Ripper and the media allowed the signature to be used throughout their reports and this seems to be the first case of a killer trying to create a relationship with the media. Do you guys think that there's a kind of power complex that you see between um, a serial killer and the media where that also becomes translated into like a textbook portrayal?
1: Definitely. I have seen that a lot of times. I know that happened as well with the Zodiac Killer and I think there is power to it from the side of the serial killer. Because in a way, they're taunting the press and also the police as well saying, maybe in their own way, you can't catch me or I have this type of power or leverage over you that I have the ability to send you letters where I know and I have a higher ego in a way that I can send you letters and you will never catch me.
2: Yeah, exactly. I agree. I feel like it also, like you said, it plays into their ego and allows them to create kind of image for themselves
0: where they're portrayed as narcissistic yeah and I also like want to mention how the media definitely affects the whole um portrayal to your rulers and that the media always gives them like super I guess scary or like cool names I've seen this a lot on like YouTube comments where they're like if they didn't name him like the Zodiac Killer maybe they wouldn't be motivated to like continue doing it like maybe that's a factor they gave him like a really stupid name.
2: That's true I didn't notice that a lot of killers like the Axeman or Jack the Ripper of course they have there's kind of like an attraction to that name where you kind of want to see where it goes and how the media is going to start reporting on him after he creates the signature for himself. Um, so if we move eastwards into a place like New Orleans and Louisiana, as we were talking about the Axeman, Axeman was known to target Italian groceries, sorry, grocers and families, where he then left axes behind as mementos. And so the times Picayune newspaper received a letter and after following advice received in letter, the Axeman murders stopped. However, back to the piece of information, he targeted Italian grocers and families. Do you think that some people that read newspapers that report on crimes like these feel that feel a kind of attraction to racially motivated crimes, especially in times like the nineteen fifties and sixties where racism was very prevalent?
1: Uh, definitely. I think race played a huge part in figuring out what was put into the media and what wasn't. Cause I know in a way, depending on what newspaper was and what their background was, some people put in these kind of warnings (laughs) towards people say in this case, um, Italians, I believe it was. Yeah. Just to kind of warn them to be careful in their homes, to make sure that they don't, that they aren't a victim of them, but as well, I think, it being a racial crime draws more attention and more audiences to the newspaper and to the serial killer uh, themselves, which then again can make, can enhance their ego in an enormous and exponential way.
2: Killers like the Red Spider in communist era Poland with newspapers where he sent out poetic letters. Do you think that an audience that reads these poetic letters would feel Kind of pitiful for a killer like this, where he's issuing out beautiful poems that have emotional backgrounds. Do you think that a person could be
0: attracted to someone's intellect found in the newspapers? I definitely think so because, like, um, we often assume that like serial killers are like they have low IQ or like um, aren't doing too well in life. But then once we see. Like killers like this, we're like, oh, they can be intelligent, and like intelligence, of course, is attractive to a lot of people. I guess that, um, with how poetic they are, that also really gives us some sort of like pity towards them. Like, why couldn't they choose like a different path in life? Like, why couldn't they maybe become a poet? And I guess that is a part of it too. Um,
2: Okay, now that we've touched on the newspapers, we can also delve back into media and the television. I know that we talked about how the media um, romanticizes serial killers. Maybe a part of that could also tie into race. I mean, most serial killers are portrayed as white, which in Western media is seen to be more marketable. And I guess um, the victims also tend to be of the same race as a serial killer. And so, when a person views this media, they see um, they see marketability in both the victim and the serial killer, rather than if they were portraying minorities. Do you think that that's also part of
0: the romanticization of serial killers? Yeah, definitely. I would also like like to add that I find that when the perpetrator is like white or like Caucasian, and like the victims are minorities, there's also that sort of like. Appeal and sort um, in terms of that like contrast between races, which definitely is like controversial. But I think that that sort of portrayal of people, like in terms of their races, is really appealing in the media.
2: Now that we've touched on the newspapers and how that's also affected television and how the media represents serial killers. Let's move into a more general part of serial killer portrayals and how actors are cast as serial killers as well.
3: Yeah, so moving on to that, I would like to start with the fundamental thing which I feel like is the most important part of why this whole sensationalization of serial killers actually happens. Because it's something that we see throughout our childhood. I'm sure you guys would have had video games that you used to play or just, you know, watch Television shows, which were just generally violent, but then it you'd see them reflected into your everyday lives. Maybe you were um, playfully threatening to kill someone, which is uh which is honestly a rather common occurrence in the form of a joke nowadays. Which is um, in itself a very accurate portrayal of how media is affecting us. But just also seeing it reflected within our thoughts. Um, Right, so I feel like this is where the problem of the sensationalization of serial killers starts. Now I'm sure every one of you have heard about Jeffrey Dahmer, right? He was a very famous cannibal. Um, in fact, whilst I was searching for uh, researching for this podcast, I came ac- across a statement of one of his neighbors. Apparently, there were people willing to pay fifty dollars to sit on a couch that he once sat on, and even just to pay to hold a glass that he drank from. This just shows how Dahmer was such a, a popular a popularized serial killer throughout uh, his case trials in media, right? Um, and this is just reflected in how people per, uh, perceive him later onwards. And as Anjali mentioned, another part of what I'd like to discuss is um, the casting choices that directors tend to make. Um, now, how many of you guys have seen the Film Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Yeah, I have. Yeah, so you must have noticed that they cast Zach Afron as uh Ted Bundy. What effect did that have on you? Um, well,
0: personally, I did watch high school musical growing up. So, of course, knowing that Zach Afron, like he's always been like a teenage heartthrob, I guess. So using him to portray Ted Bundy was an interesting choice, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, and I guess it does make sense in the sort of way that Ted Bundy, uh, Ted Bundy actually was. It makes sense in that manner. And the script itself was also very sexually charged, and you know, just seeing Efron on the screen, I'm sure it had a lot of effect on the audience. But it's just that. Um, when you see it on media, again, this is something I've mentioned before, it's just that media tends to fictionalize whatever it's portraying. So the threat of the serial killer is neutralized. And then you just focus on Ephron's previous frame and his fan base is more uh, prioritizing um, his portrayal rather than Bundy's character. So as a result of which you can see some of Afron's fame being transferred to Bundy himself. This is something that was, um, that was, reciprocated by the TikTok trend that went viral around that time. If you guys have seen it, it was basically when um, Ted Bundy's victims were, uh, sorry, it was then uh, young girls would portray themselves as Ted Bundy's victims. They would um, put makeup on, try to uh, fake bruises, uh, bite marks and blood. And it was a very, very popular trend. It transcended, but anyway, it was generally very popular um, and it exceeded a very large space. Um, and this is something that we can see reflected in the portrayal of other serial killers as well. Like you guys must have seen um, some actors such as Matt Damon, Jamie Dornan, and Leonardo DiCaprio who've all been cast, And they fit that whole bad boy trope, that hot serial killer trope, that allows people to fantasize more about them and being their victims. And this is seen through not only a uh, major platforms such as TikTok and Instagram, but also VC an absurdly uh disturbing amount of fan fictions on this and just you know being the victim of a serial killer uh, have you guys come across any sort of this content
0: yeah definitely i remember seeing these like videos of like mostly teenage girls like fangirling over this guy who was like street racing with his friend and then they like killed mom and like a baby who were crossing the street and I just saw a bunch of people like fangirling over his looks and saying like wow he's like so attractive and like he looks like the typical like TikTok f-boy <laughs> boy that you probably like see in the app and I thought that that really disgusted me because he killed two people right and just for his actions to be forgotten and to just focus on his looks was like really gross yeah did you guys see that or like something similar
1: yeah i remember watching a video that came up on my for you page about that um and people were making thirst traps about it and i was just really confused at first as to why someone would assume that it's all right to do that and i remember someone else uh talking about how hot these two brothers were i don't remember what their names were i think they were the menendez brothers and although i'm not fully um I'm not fully aware of their whole entire case. I do know that there was murder involved in it and that people were making thirst traps about them. And I was just really disgusted as to how someone could possibly do that in their own time. Because I know that they were definitely um, abuse victims as well. So one, you shouldn't be making a thirst trap about someone like that. And two, you probably shouldn't be doing that to a song about people who have gone through so much damage in their life.
3: Absolutely. Um, this definitely brings me back to my earlier point. It's just that media in itself, please has such um such connotations of violence that we just become numb to it. As we mentioned, I think that's primarily the reason why serial killers uh this just this, this sense of hybridia actually exists. And this is some uh, that some concept I will definitely never get over because how can we come how could we ever reach a point like this, right? Um, Another thing that I would like to talk about, which is generally, I think the primary reason why um, serial killers are, uh, people are actually attracted to serial killers. Obviously, uh, media has a big role in sensationalizing them, but I also just think that like I mentioned earlier, it's just, it's behind the screen, right? So you can uh, can explore their mindset. So for example, if you see a psychopath or a sociopath being portrayed um, on a screen, obviously want to know how their brain works right and then it's sort of like um okay so it's a weird analogy but it's very apt so you know how when you ride a roller coaster or you go scuba diving or even when you watch a horror movie you're you have certain safety nets that protect you right i believe media does the same for people who want to explore these serial killers and i feel like that's just how they want to how they get to explore these, this idea of how, um, how different their minds are, and, uh, you know, just that. It sort of becomes exotic in a very uh, unsettling way, if you, if you get what I mean.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree, and I feel like the way that television shows, they create, like, a false sense of security, and so when an audience member sees that, they can assume that Um, a serial killer is something to be attracted to or something that you can feel comfortable with even though that's not the
3: case. Absolutely Um, but honestly I would feel like that media itself I understand that portrayals of serial killers and psychopaths and sociopaths overall is generally very important not only from a perspective of psychology we need to know how these people what their origins are how to prevent them how to treat them how should we facilitate these people so I understand that As a concept, it's necessary, All right? So for me, it's important that we move on to how media can better portray serial killers, which is generally psychopaths or sociopaths, right? Um, Obviously, we can't prevent media from sensationalizing them because that's sort of their job. And obviously, we need them to portray it as well because it's very important generally for psychology, uh, fields and just psychologists who have this knowledge to be able to point out um, symptoms that these people may exhibit, how to uh, how to treat them, how to support them, because you know generally how to prevent these sort of crimes, so it's very important that media depiction is there, but for me I feel like that if media uh, focuses more on documentary formats, such as for example the Nelson Peeps that we um, covered. Uh, those can be very factually put. And then I do believe that they do not instigate any sort of retraction towards serial killers because they're very clearly in um, factually again very informatively put. Um, another thing I believe that we get uh, that media itself can do is focus on the victim's stories. Um if we want to talk about uh serial killers in a movie, focus on the victims, why not focus? On them rather than how charismatic a serial killer is. Like I get the attraction to knowing their personalities and how they think. But I do believe that it's very important to keep in mind sentiments of the people that were actually involved in these crimes. Um, what do you guys think? What do you, you think? How do you think media should portray serial killers? Yeah, I definitely think there
0: should be more focus on the victims rather than the killers. Like I've seen a lot of people say that. Perhaps we should keep the killers name anonymous like after they've been caught and just like put more respect to the names of the victims. Like personally, um, I watched this true crime YouTube channel called, called Coffeehouse Crime and their host Adrian he's like very respectful to the victims and that he always like talks about the victims first and introduces them as if they were your friend and I think that they' that really like humanizes the entire case for me rather than just talking about the killer and like how evil they are like focusing on the victim is very important
3: Absolutely. And then I remember that Coffee House Crime, as well as, I think, a channel such as Uphopia, and honestly, so many channels tend to do this, that they have an end segment on the victims themselves, on remembering the victims, so it's to not end on the killer, but to end on the victim and to remember them. And just, you know, it focuses more on what is important, on the victims of the crime, on the fact that these crimes need to be stopped. So I think that in itself is very effective.
0: Yeah, that was a great discussion, everyone. So I think now I'll be concluding the episode. So that's it for this week's Spot of Please stay tuned for next episode's Cup of Criminology. Thank you for listening and be sure to check us out on our Instagram at the.crime.spot and on our website, which is linked in our link tree. So stay safe and have an amazing rest of your day, everyone. Thank you.